the whole thing I hear all the time is I, I hear people saying, I want you guys to be natural. If you get two people on a mountain or on a forest, on a beach, you're in an alleyway in a city and tell them to be natural. It's the most awkward thing ever. I don't even know what that means because it's not natural to be on a mountain wearing a wedding dress, having a photo taken. It's bonkers. The goal isn't to live forever. The goal is to create something that will. Welcome to Perspective, a podcast for wedding creatives, where we sit down often with a special guest and talk about our many years of experience in the wedding industry so that you can learn from us and grow your wedding business. On today's episode of the podcast, we're talking to mountain man Jim Pollard. Along with his wife, Vicky, they make up one of New Zealand's finest husband and wife wedding photography teams. And in their own words, there are a couple of snowboard bums who love to travel <laughs> over the decade. <laughs> and they've been instructing and coaching as Pollard we are. This is clearly their calling, as over the years they have built a solid, worldwide, award-winning reputation for emotive and distinctive imagery and a damn good Kiwi service to boot. This episode is, of course, sponsored by With Jack and for a limited time by Beans.ie. So, Greg, I know it's 10 o'clock at night. Why the hell are we drinking coffee? We're drinking coffee because I forgot <laughs> to drink one this morning and then I had a sore head at about five o'clock this afternoon. So, oh, what a man. I'm just making up for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're drinking our new batch from Beans.ie and it's Monogram coffee is the roaster oh say the coffee name i don't know where monogram's from actually i'll need to look that up um mm. but the coffee that i've chosen is the easiest one to say but i'm <laughs> still gonna butcher it letefoho letefoho oh yeah i have no idea what that says it's, and good, i'm intrigued because it says it's a warm filter mm-hmm. which i don't know what that means it's roasted for filter but what does the warmth bit mean mm. and yep. it's a timor leste sort of bean yep flavor notes of dried apple chocolate and cardamom let's give it a taste yeah you've tried this one already at home haven't you Uh, yeah i have actually i i I snuck into it before um before we got into the office because i'm a bad man as photographers filmmakers and business owners we know the power of stories and so do our sponsors Beans.ie started because they knew there were so many stories to tell about the world of coffee and not just about the regions and the varieties, but about the people behind the beans, the roasters and us, the drinkers. This is the most flexible coffee subscription that we have ever used, showcasing some of the top roasters around the world who bring something different to your table. You've been listening to Greg and I talk about what we've been drinking at our podcast table for years now, and you can join us. Curate your own monthly subscription from an ever-changing list of beautiful coffees. And because you are our besties, the Cinemate crew are hooking you up with an awesome promotional code. Use promo code PERSPECTIVE15 to get 15% off your first order. That's PERSPECTIVE15 to get 15% off your first order for coffees with stories sent straight to your door. Greg, did I nail that ad read? You did well, yes. Now, over to Jim. Hi, Jim. How are you doing? Kia ora. How are you? <laughs> Very well. I'm so excited. Like I said earlier, this this has been, um, I feel like we've we've had you in the calendar for, for a little while and I've been trying to reach out also for a little while. So, um, yeah. yeah. Thank you for joining us. 
Well, first thing you need to do is lower your expectations and you'll be much happier. There you go. <laughs> okay, they're lowered. Well, let, let's start with coffee. What, what are you drinking over in New Zealand? Well, I'm currently drinking, I didn't realize this was a, uh, a, a, a wee coffee talk, but um, I'm drinking an Ethiopian yoga chef because um, that's my, my thing. Um, and uh, I'm drinking a great big, basically a half a pint of it. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. And Ethiopia, our listeners know, but Greg and I like a, a good Ethiopian. Yeah. I think it was an, an Ethiopian that brought me into the world of coffee. A yeah. friend did a, a wedding show with us and um, she had a stall that we, she, she wasn't a wedding supplier at the time, but we just, we, we wanted to draw people over to our uh, screen because it's quite weird standing about watching a wedding film. So we brought our friend over and uh, she made coffee for people while while they um, watched our, our, our wedding films at this wedding fair. And um, that cup of coffee, man. Blew my mind. It was great. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm very passionate about my coffee to the point where I'll even take a, um, a wee filter um, onto the plane preloaded with some coffee. And so if I'm flying long haul, I'll, I'll make a cup of coffee down in the galley with the, um, uh, the cabin crew. Um, uh, nice. I, I, can't, I can't stand by coffee. So I take it everywhere I go, even if I'm traveling all to Europe and all around America, I'll take a wee bag of coffee with me and my own little grinder and stuff and um, happy days. Yep. Yeah. What's your, what's your go-to beans then for traveling? Or do you just pick up anything? Oh, again, uh, I just pick up anything within a reason. Um, the, the biggest <laughs> issue I have is um, uh, I, I'm trying nowadays actually to to pre-grind because um, I've yep. got all those little Porlex, um metal Japanese um, hand grinders and they, they have a suspicious sort of look about them. They look a little bit like a hand grenade. Um, <laughs> and, yeah, they do. So, so, so there I am on a plane winding up this bloom hand grenade uh, and, and people do get a little bit antsy. So, um, yeah, yeah. so I don't get too worried about um, um, going from beans, if that makes sense. I don't mind if it's, if it's pre-ground because mm-hmm. uh, the chances are I'm going to be drinking it pretty fast. It doesn't oxidize super quickly, but um Yes, but the most important thing is just uh, making sure that it's uh, nicely freshly roasted, nothing too hardcore, nice and light, and uh, boom. Yes. Nice. Yeah. Nice. And even if you've ground it like 12 hours before your flight, that's going to be a thousand times better than airplane coffee. Oh, without oh, oh, a, a, a shadow of a doubt. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I, I, you know what? I mean, I, I have to admit, I really kind of struggle um, – if it if it hasn't been ground, oh sorry, if it has been ground and it's sitting there even in a jam jar for three or four days, I don't really taste much of a difference. But then, um, you know, hey, yeah, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> and uh, you're 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 a family man, so uh, obviously I, I mentioned uh, Vicky, your partner. Yes. How is how is she doing? How is the family? Family is good. Um, yep. So we're in a bit of a, a state of change um, since. Oof, I don't know, potentially like everyone pre-COVID, but even before that, we made some pretty significant changes uh, to our lifestyle. Uh, oh, yeah. About two and a half years ago, um, we left the mountains for the sea slash hills slash um, city. Um, and so we've just been mixing things up a little bit. So Vicky's off doing a day job right now. Mm-hmm. Um, my oldest is off to high school and my son is at the local primary school. So, uh, yeah, it's all go for us. It's great. Very cool. I was, uh, obviously I-, I like to do a little bit of research, check out your website, your Instagram, all that kind of stuff. I love 
love the image of you with a long piece of grass poking Vicky in the face for your About Us page. I <laughs> love that. I think it's <laughs> perfect sense of humor. I'll, yeah, it's so good. Well, the trouble the trouble is you, you get this reputation as being this sort of moody photographer, you know what I mean, because of the imagery. Yeah. And uh, I'd like to think it's anything but. So everyone's like, oh, he's going to be such an emotive. He's going to be really grumpy. He's going to sit quietly in the corner and just, you know. Yeah. But, uh, you know, far from it. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's like us. Our work's pretty dark and maybe you could assume that that's the case with us as well. But we're actually a bit daft, to be honest. We're, we're yeah. <laughs> good, but it, it's it's very hard to mix that kind of tone with with a brand on like you know proper proper yeah. brand platforms. You know, we're yeah. just people at the end of the day, so yeah. you know we are absolutely, yeah, absolutely. I'm assuming then that you are the annoying one in your relationship. You're poking Ooh. the in the face, and I don't mean that offensively because I too. <laughs> I too am the annoying one <laughs> in both my marriage and my business relationship with Greg. I am very much the annoying one. So, yeah, no comment. Yeah, no, I, I, I think I have to put my hands up. I have to put my hand up to that one. I'm probably uh, annoying in, in pretty much everything I do. So, um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think I'm pretty sure my friends and my wife and my family would agree as well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> at least if you know it, then yeah. But let's let's talk about yeah. your profile picture that you've chosen for for Clubhouse here. Yeah, I'm sure I've heard <laughs> before. Are you a part time firefighter? Is that is that true? No, he's a stripper. I am now a, a, a part time. <laughs> no, it's, it's definitely the former. I tell you, than the latter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, again, with all of those uh, sort of lifestyle changes, um, uh, we moved up to a. Um, a, a pretty small community compared to Queenstown. Um, as about 2000 people versus, oh, actually I haven't got a clue how many people are in Queenstown, but it ranges from sort of 30,000 to 200,000 people, I guess, depending on the busy day. Um, and the, the classic thing people ask you, why do you become a firefighter? Um, is be part of the community, which, which is a very, very classic answer for me. Um, more than anything else, uh, and I think a lot of people would probably relate to this. I, we had a really, really, really thriving business that um, was predominantly dealing with international clientele, whether it was us traveling overseas to them or vice versa, they were traveling overseas to us here in New Zealand. And that just came to a bit of a, a grinding halt last, um, well, last February, I suppose it would be. Um, and... I just kind of needed to do something very bit more proactive, something moving forward. Um, I think we're in this classic state where we're in a, we're all in sort of survival status. Um, but it's about surviving with grace. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, Vicky's dad was a, um, a firefighter, a chief firefighter, um, back in his sort of semi youth. Um, and, um, I guess I've always tried to uh, sort of live up to the old fire and Laura, you know, if you can. Um, so there's an opportunity to join the fire brigade down here. It was an, it's an, an amazing opportunity to to do something proactive in my life and move forward uh, in a time of semi woe. Um, and, and it's yeah, it's extraordinary. Um, it's blown my mind 
and and it's interesting coming from a sort of wedding photography perspective. Uh, it's actually quite nice doing something that's that's sort of tangible um, and has a real impact. And I know, like we like to tell ourselves as wedding photographers that we're very important um, and that you know we're life changing and everything else, and you know we have the <laughs> that power to change a couple's future and all that kind of nonsense. Um, in reality, you know we're wedding photographers, which is fantastic, but that's what we are. Um, so it's, it's quite nice doing something potentially a little bit more. Um, real without getting myself in trouble there. Very cool. Yeah. Something a bit more sort of, it's, it's dealing with people in a totally different stage of their life. If, if the fire's affecting yeah. them or if anything's affecting them. Yeah. That's- yeah. Well, I mean, where we are, it's predominantly medicals. So, um, we're, we're dealing, we're, we're about 45 minutes, uh, from nearest paramedic, um, station or ambulance station. Um, so we're, we're basically first responders on the scene, uh, to, to essentially help people out, um, and, and stabilize them until, um, better help comes along, so to speak. Yeah. That's amazing. Well done. Yeah. yeah that's awesome. You. you touched yeah. on how things have changed in the last year to year and a half, but from the outside, it looks like New Zealand as a nation have dealt with a pandemic pandemic quite well. How has it affected business for you? Well, uh, it's affected business quite dramatically because you're absolutely right. New Zealand internally is pretty much back to normal and it has been back to normal uh, probably from sort of May onwards last year uh, with the occasional cheeky lockdown in in Auckland, um, which which is fine for the rest of the country. We don't mind Auckland just being in lockdown. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But um, uh, what it has impacted is the fact that our borders have remained closed in that entire time. So we've had nearly a year and a half of our borders shut. So that means no tourism. Um, and I think I could be wrong here. That tourism is our, is our probably our number two industry in the country. So just consider that all of a sudden, um, there is no one coming in and obviously no one going out. Uh, it, it's had a huge impact and particularly on the, on the wedding industry as much as anything else. Um, the other thing about it as well, that yes, we do have a, um, a, a bit of a domestic um, market here for us personally in our business. Um, the issue is, is that uh, New Zealand and Australia are so close together that quite often um, they might have family or friends that were hoping to come over to the wedding. Um, so they've actually put their wedding on hold, even if it's a local wedding, they've actually, right, we'll put it on hold until we know that our parents can come over or yeah. our mm. girlfriends can come over or such forth. Uh, and then constantly that, that, you know, that timeline gets shifted and shifted. So, so it has had an impact um, on domestic as well as, uh, as destination um, travel. So um yeah, it's been it's been fair brutal, fairly brutal. Uh, I, again, we were in a fortunate position where we had already, uh, I guess I want to say pivoted, uh, but we had changed our lifestyle um, in in order for us to do less. So we weren't quite so um, reliant on on a, on big business, let's put it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and and we really thank our lucky stars that. Um, that we had done that um, and, and being proactive in that because if, if we were still in Queenstown with the old Queenstown mortgage, which is probably not dissimilar to a, a London mortgage, um, it would have been pretty brutal. Yeah. Yeah. I saw recently on your Instagram that you're, you, you, you mentioned that you were managing two businesses and then you, you panned the camera over and there was a very large printer. Is, is that printing <laughs> business? Is that what you have pivoted to? And wh- you, t- tell us about the printing. Yeah. So, um, 
Printing has always been one of those really interesting things. I've actually been terrified nearly all the way through my photography life. Um, <laughs> there's something about printing which is, and, and like photography to a certain degree, I'm not I'm not a technical person when it comes to photography. Um, for me, it's about sort of feels. Um, I, the, the most important thing is is that sort of relationship you have with the environment and with your subject. I, I, which is most likely to be a, um, a, a couple for us. Yeah. Um, and then all of the sort of technical stuff, I don't really get too sweaty about. Um, but printing was one of those things that always seems to be so full of um, uh, scary things like the right format for this and the right uh, color for that and um, lots of numbers. And then you kind of go to a print lab and, and they always seem to be overly technical and middle-aged and slightly intimidating. So I kind of veered away from it for a very long time. And then um, – then I did some work with Canon. Uh, we've always had a really good relationship with Canon New Zealand down here. And they let us have a bit of a play with a, a large format printer. Um, and we're very kind enough to help set us up for it uh, in, in a really great way. Um, so we had a bit of an experiment and <laughs> we actually really enjoyed it. And it was a great way, again, for us to see it. Um, uh, Again, a tangible finish to our work, you know, yeah. slideshows and such forth. They've always been nice, but, um, and I've never really liked albums. Uh, I should, I, it's a horrible thing to say, but albums for me always would end up in, in drawers, yeah. uh, tucked away. Um, <laughs> whereas prints, there's something about them. They are on the wall. You have an opportunity to walk past them every day. Um, uh, so yeah, we started printing and, um, we get more and more requests from other photographers that saw us printing and said, Hey, look, we know, would, could you do something for us? And we're like, Oh yeah, sure. So we, we <laughs> get their files and print them up and send them out. Um, mm. and then in a lockdown, uh, actually previous to that, Vicky, uh, decided that she wanted to get into framing. That was something that she was really interested in. She went and mm. did a couple of courses, oh, um, to framing then realized just incredibly how expensive all that framing gear was. So that went on hold. Um, and then during lockdown, I had a great conversation with uh, a bunch of photographers, um, uh, like the guys from Nordica, uh, Bailey and Moore, uh, a yeah. whole bunch over in, uh, in America and all over. And we were just talking about what the hell do we do now? This is during the sort of the big lockdown uh, around the world. Yeah. And we all came up with different business ideas and things to, to think about and push forward. Uh, and, I sort of stumbled along saying about the whole printing and framing and they were just like, do it, do it now. And we were like, okay. So I literally <laughs> got off, off that chat, went on to uh, a trade me, which is a bit like, um, I don't know what it's like actually, uh, eBay mm -hmm. and found that there was a framing business for sale. That guy was going into retirement about an hour north of where we live. And we just put in a bid, got up there and just bought all of his work, all of his stock, sorry, and took it home. And next day we started up a printing and framing business. Wow. Yes. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And I love it. Yeah. I, I love it. And I love it. And I've worked with some really, really amazing photographers um, around New Zealand. We got onto the, uh, you know, I don't know if you know Pick Time. I hope you do. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. But we are, we are the New Zealand lab for Pick Time, um, which again is just extraordinary. Um, so we've really fallen on our feet there. And, I, and again, I just love looking at all of the other work that's coming in from not just wedding photographers, but, um, from fine art uh, painters, uh, from uh, landscape artists, uh, all sorts, and just building a really good relationship with those guys and um, just producing some work that hopefully that they're proud to, to give to their, their couples. So that's, yeah. that's great. I love it. That is awesome. So I, I, I was shooting in Sky uh, last week and uh, the photographer there is a guy called Andrew Ray. And he was telling me of his workflow 
with printing. He he he's very anal with his printing. He wants to make sure that you know, uh, well, anything from like his screen calibration is on point to e- even the file that he gives his clients. So in the PicTime gallery, he have a certain set of files that are like, oh, these look good on the screen. And then when a client goes to buy them, he will then change out the file for printing. And oh, yeah. I don't know if yeah. many other people do this, but it seemed like quite a lengthy task to do that. Yeah, that is a lengthy task. Yeah. yeah, I'm far too lazy for that kind of thing. Um, <laughs> so, so they, on, on, on pick time, you, you essentially have an opportunity to you upload just like anything the, the, the highest resolution or whatever you choose, and, and how many PPI and such forth. Um, and then the clients can um, download either low res or high res. Um, ideally, they pick high res, but obviously, if they understand what the low res are for, which is for screens and, and iPads and such forth. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the low res is, is what we, so the high res is what we get sent by a pick time to um, print out and, and make into beautiful art. Yeah. We're, we're big fans of pick time here. We use it as well and we've sort of yeah, affiliated but, with them. So shameless plug, if anyone cool. wants to use the code perspective when they're signing up, feel free. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> They're really great people. Uh, yeah. I, I was lucky enough to admit, uh, meet um, Nareen at a couple of couple of conferences around the world, and uh, she's just the most beautiful person to know, both personally and from a professional point of view. So, uh, yeah, yeah I've, I've got a lot of time for those guys. Yeah, definitely. Um, I'm just going to do a Q&A reminder. If you're not listening live on Clubhouse and you aren't a member of our Patreon page, you're leaving some amazing content on the table. Um, if you want to access the Q&As section again um, in the future, if you go to our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash perspective by Cinemate, you can listen to all of our uh, Q&A sections that we record at the end of our podcast, as well as all the Clubhouse chats that we host live on Tuesdays at 10 a.m. if we're not already doing anything. But yeah, thank you very much for joining us. Again, if you have any questions, the Q&A section will be at the end of this episode like normal. However, let's keep things moving along. Let's keep things moving. Jim, obviously I've given you a introduction already, but I always like to hear how people define themselves. So, Jim, who are you and what do you do? <laughs> what a terrible way to jump into that. Um, <laughs> who am I? Uh, well, <laughs> it's, it's, it's like being in an, literally an interview, like, you know, what are your weaknesses and such? Well, who am I? Um, what, what, how how in-depth do you want to... What, what do you want to know? Go on. Well, this is the interesting thing about this question. It's so open-ended. So people go to the family side, they go to the work. Like, where do you feel that that question wants to take you? I think here I am in my middle age. I'm 45 years old and I'm in that classic place of I don't even know where I am or who I am anymore. Um, who am I? Look, I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a guy that grew up in, in southwest England, as you can tell from my dulcet tones. I... Uh, Shifted over to New Zealand um, when I was about 18 or so years old. I was uh, at university in Exeter, I think it was, and um, somehow I ended up in uh, in the southwest of, uh, sorry, yeah, southeast of New Zealand as a penguin guide for some reason. Um, and then I got hooked into New Zealand. I got hooked into the snowboard industry. I followed that around the world. I met my wife in Colorado. She's from New Zealand. Um, and... Uh, 
really have had a, an incredible life of doing all sorts of, of really amazing stuff, whether it's been um, snowboarding or wedding photography or uh, perhaps into my new life now as, as volley firefighting and um, starting up a new business. Um, I love the outdoors. I love the indoors. Uh, I, I love compost. I've got really, really into uh, gardening and growing vegetables. Um, oh, cool. Uh, yeah, um, I've got really, I got really into also into gravel riding, which I didn't even know existed about until about a, a year or so ago. I mean, I must admit this, this whole, uh, lockdown COVID business has been the most incredible, um, catalyst for, for change in terms of, of what I've got myself back into. I know a lot of people have suddenly got into making sourdough and, and, uh, whatnot. <laughs> um, but I, I got really into, uh, bike riding and, um, I hadn't really ridden a bike for quite a few years and I was definitely getting a bit overweight. I can, I can assure you that. And, um, somehow I managed to get myself a, a gravel bike. It, I, I don't know. I didn't mean to, it just happened to see a, a road bike one day that had big stumbles, uh, big gnarly tires on it. And I thought that's the bike for me. Um, and so every day I pretty much do a 15, 20 kilometer bike ride just before I start my day. Um, and uh, sometimes I got 50 kilometers or 100 kilometers, and I absolutely love it. So uh, I've got really awesome. into that. Um, other than that, just a, just a classic dad with a couple of punks for children. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, that's it, really. Um, go, I guess man. I should have been. I, I like taking photographs and I like doing stuff like that, especially that's an important thing to add. So, <laughs> <laughs> this is what it's about. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, on on that regard, like you you have been training for uh, t- ten years. Is that right? Like, yeah, yeah, probably a bit longer. I suspect. Yeah. Yeah. Where where has your journey taken you from the beginning of your photography journey? How did you get to where you are? How did I get to where I am? Um, yeah. uh, look, very very quickly. I was I was in that 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 sort of headspace where I'd come out of doing a, a profession where I was the best of my game. This is in snowboarding. Uh, and I absolutely loved it. Uh, and then we went into a, a different sort of time of my life where we were going into sort of nesting. If that makes sense. We were, yep. um, building a house. We were, <laughs> um, spawning children. Uh, so we kind of took whatever it, t- you know, took to, to live that life and to enable us to, to have children and Vicky not to work and such forth. I was doing work that I didn't really love. Uh, it did put me into a bit of a, a bit of a head funk. Um, and I just started getting into photography. I had a few good friends actually based in England, um, Helen Court, who's down in, in West Sussex. Um, she's a good friend of mine and she was a wedding photographer, uh, or she still is. And, um, she sort of persuaded me to, to get more and more into photography. I did a 365 project on Facebook picture every day and people started taking notice of that and say, can you kind of photograph this and can you photograph that? And it got to that lovely point where, um, I had to give up the day job because I got enough work, um, shooting and I was doing literally everything. I think my tagline at the time was, um, Jim Palagos click, uh, the Swiss army knife of, of, of photography, which is just <laughs> terrible. But anyway, um, and, and I, I can guarantee you, right. I can say right now, hand on heart, I never thought I'd get into wedding photography. Uh, I was doing a lot of commercial stuff and sports stuff. 
and, and realized I didn't really enjoy that side of it. But doing a couple of weddings, I realized that I kind of was in control of my own destiny, if that makes sense. You know, you, you're yeah. in charge of where you want to be, how you want to be, and, 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 and hanging out with good people, having a great day, and the best day of their life, or one of the best days of their life. Mm-hmm. So um, it was a real eye-opener, and I got more and more into it. And, and before I knew it, I was pretty much solely a wedding photographer. Uh, how did I get to be where I am now? Well, uh, I think the most fundamental rule is that you've just got to do whatever it is you've got to do. Do it your way and mm-hmm. just do it with your with passion and love. So whatever you do, be proud of how you do it. Be proud of what you show. Um, and that way, hopefully, the, the people that want to pick you, they pick you from an emotional standpoint because they, they too buy into that as opposed yeah. to buying into it from a financial point of view. And it doesn't matter if you're, if you're crocheting beanies or, or working and making coffee or whatever else, as long as you do it with your own personal gusto and love, it'll come through. Yeah, definitely. That's it's quite a journey you've yeah. been on. And now the yeah. gym, Paul, the gym goes click isn't anymore. And you're a duo with your no. wife now. Is that right? Yeah, so I, I, the, the whole Jim Palagos click was a complete accident. Um, it's a name that I, ab- I absolutely detested. Um, I was, I was getting, um, uh, I was getting a write up from a friend of mine. She had a, a, a blog. Uh, gosh, this is so many years ago. And she just goes, look, I can't just do you from Facebook. You have to have a website or a blog. Um, and you, I think it was a blog spot blog or whatever it was she set up for me and she goes you need a name and I go what do I do and she goes well don't just do Jim Pollard photography because everyone does that it's so boring <laughs> so I just wrote oh well Jim Pollard goes click and it was just purely just a laugh kind of thing about this semi personal photography blog and then it just carried on and on and on and on and, it, and, it, and unfortunately it wasn't really where I wanted it to be and Vicky always actually from the start had been an integral part of the business right. and it kind of annoyed me a little bit that people always go Jim Pallard this, Jim Pallard that whereas in reality it was Jim and Vicky um, you know she's always run the business she's always uh, a second shooter for me um, I, I absolutely couldn't do it without her uh, so I was really kind of annoyed about the whole Jim Pollard goes click so we, we decided to we went to a branding agency and they kind of said look Pollard we are is pretty cool because it we, we told them about the fact that we always believe that it's, it's us too but it's also about the couple it's about the suppliers it's about the environment so it's, it's an encompassing name if that makes sense uh, not just us but as a family every 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 facet every ingredient is important to the product or the end product as, as just us two. That makes sense. Um, yeah. yeah, I don't know if it was a good idea or not, but, um, that's, that's what we went with. And, uh, yeah, there you go. I think, I think it was money well spent. It's a good name. Yeah. 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 So you dropped in yeah. there that Vicky runs the business. So what roles do you both take in the business and how did that sort of, how did that take shape? Like how did you decide who did what? Uh, well, uh, from the get go, I, I hate money. <laughs> I've always hated money. Um, and I think it's a hang up from, from when I was 18 years old. And I think I was working in the, 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 the um, I think I was working in France and then there was this lady, this girl that I was working with from North Yorkshire. And I must've made some comment about earning money or money. And she just says, don't speak about money. It's incredibly rude. And from then on, I had this weird little hang up about money that I just didn't want to know about it. I, I wanted to manage it carefully and everything else. But for some reason, I just, I'm not interested in the money side of things. Um, mm. 
don't get me wrong, I like to have it and I like to spend it, but I just don't particularly like about accounting and, and everything like that. Uh, yeah. I don't think Vicky does either, to be honest. But um, <laughs> so because also with the children, um, it was easier for me to go out and shoot. Uh, so Vicky would stay behind with the kids, uh, particularly when they were younger. Um, uh, how did we get into our certain roles? I think you fall into certain roles. Uh, I had got a bit of a background in sales, so it's probably easier for me to speak to people uh, in that regard. Um, uh, I don't know. Honestly, it's a great question, and I, and I don't know. I think like a lot of things, you just organically fall into place. Um, one of the things that Vicky's really good about is that she, before I send out a gallery to any uh, couple, she will go through every single photo that I'm going to send out. Uh, which is massive because typical bloke, I kind of look at the light, I look at the, you know, the <laughs> landscape and the, uh-huh. the sort of the, the structure. And then she just hones right in there and just goes, nah, she's not going to like that. And I go, but look at the light. And she's like, nah, they're not going to like it. So that's, that's amazing having that second opinion, uh, whether that's because she's a female or just because she's better at me than, than that kind of thing. Um, but that's, that's a huge part of it. Yeah. That, that is actually quite a common strength with husband and wife teams. That one of them is is, is more, uh, like you said, more composition, more lighting, and they see yeah. it that way. Whereas uh, the other one will be more of the emotional based element, or or they'll be like, no, that she won't like that because her nose in that particular angle, or some or something like that, which I find really interesting. Yeah, it's just that yeah. same. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Vicky, without a shadow of a doubt, is the practical one. She's from a farming background, whereas I'm I'm probably more of a um, a conceptual, creative person to a certain degree. So she won't let me anywhere near her framing equipment. Um, I'm I'm not allowed to to play with any of the gear because you know that I'll end up screwing it up because it's pretty much just like good enough for me. You know what I mean? That classic yeah. good enough. Um, whereas she's a, she's an absolute perfectionist. Yeah, uh, and and she's without a shadow of doubt the practical one in the in the in the family, um, which I find hilarious. And you know, if anyone's going to back a trailer, she's going to be back in the trailer. Awesome. Yeah. I think I think you pretty much yeah. summed it up when you said you're not allowed to play with the equipment because she probably doesn't <laughs> call it playing. <laughs> That is so true. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, on a, on a, on a shoot, I've, I've I've got to ask who who gets to ride the helicopters. Uh, that's that's uh, the bloody helicopters. I was waiting for that to come up. Um, <laughs> so uh, I'm sorry. Um, I, I bet you get asked that all the time about the fucking helicopters. It's so funny. It's so funny because you know they're literally they're common as muck uh, uh, over here. They they really are. They. Um, and particularly in Queenstown, it's just what you do to get into the mountains. Uh, and and uh, there's, there's a very long historical reason why we have access to helicopters here as opposed to anywhere else in the world. Um, in a nutshell, it's to do with deer hunting. Uh, they, we had lots of deer running around the forests uh, that were eating the forest and uh, they used helicopters to hunt them. And all these helicopters were left lying around after the big hunt and um every other industry decided to get in on them so uh they are very very common here they're quite cheap in comparison to a wedding day um who gets to ride the helicopter well it's it's, it's fundamentally me that gets to ride the helicopter um and it's funny actually over the weekend i was just doing this big fire training course and we went out to the uh, the rescue helicopter station and uh they had a call out while we were there and 
the helicopter got wheeled out and, and everyone got all these, you know, his firefighters were very excited to see his helicopter take off. And I was just like, <laughs> just like out of the back there, just texting my wife. <laughs> you know, I was like, it's, it's, it's something you just see every day. I go to Melbourne and I get to ride on a train. I get so excited to get on a train. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, yeah, it's me. It's me. It's predominantly me that does most of the shooting. Yeah. I have to say, I, I, I can understand if it does get annoying to be asked about the helicopters all the time because I'm, <laughs> I'm, like it must be well it's quite a big part of your work right but it's so not a standard part of the rest of the world in terms of no, get, photographers yeah, yeah, so yeah. I'm sorry yeah. you have to take the but, brunt of the whole world and our interest no, in the, the, I guess <laughs> from a sensitive point of view a sensitive person it, it's I, I've it, it it came to a bit of a rub is that it was a bit of a cheat code. And that's what I used to get into a lot of people who used to go, Oh yeah, you know, he's, he's only getting the, the interest or whatever else because he gets to go in helicopters. And, and as I mentioned, you know, mm. every single photographer in Queensland and there is a lot and every single photographer that comes down from elsewhere in the country. And again, there's a lot, um, uses helicopters. So it's, it, it's not my secret weapon. Um, yeah. uh, the, the, this is the, the kind of thing about mountains, and this is kind of why I started getting into into destination or, or should I say travel photography. Um, some of my favorite weddings uh, are, are overseas, and they could be in the most random places, you know, um, that have nothing to do with, with the landscape at all. Uh, I, I, I kind of use the analogy that can you imagine that you're, you're a, a master chef, you know, you know, let's say Jamie Oliver or whoever, and he's in his restaurant and he's got access to the best ingredients in the world. He's got access to the most amazingly kitted out kitchen. Um, and he gets to produce this beautiful dish. And it's an extraordinarily amazing dish that everyone goes on and on about. But he gets to do the same dish every single night. And, and that's kind of where I was going at with the mountains and the helicopters. Is after a while, it becomes the norm. And as yeah. soon as something becomes a norm, uh, danger, danger. And, and I will just add that there are maybe three or four places, um, down in Queenstown and Wanaka that we will actually turn down a wedding because the couple want to go to these particular landing locations. Yeah. Uh, and, and they, for as far as I'm concerned, they are the most fundamentally they're beautiful. They're stunning. If you come from Los Angeles or Sydney or Singapore and you go to these locations, your mind will explode. You know, your, your brain will start leaking out of your ears, which is the sheer wow of it. But it, again, they, I think they've been overshot. And the trouble is, it's a little bit like going up to, I don't know, Isles of Sky and there's certain yep. spots there. You just kind of, you know, everyone's been there. You know, you've been there 20 or 30 times before. You know, the rock they're going to stand on. You know, that the where the light's going to go. So you just send them over there, you get the shot and hey, bang, you know, you've got Insta candy. And I, I personally, I think that's great for the majority of couples and the majority of photographers. Good on them. They're still living the dream. For me as a creative, it was just too much same saying that I think I was cheating, cheating the couple. Mm-hmm. Um, by giving them something that wasn't that different from anything else that's, they could literally have just grabbed a, you know, a shot from, from, a, from Instagram and it would have been the same shot. So, um, we've all the way from, you know, from, from day one said, look, we're going to land in a different location every single time. Um, because that's the higher point of a helicopter, isn't it? You know, it can land, somewhere. Yeah. you know, it's not on rails. It doesn't need a runway. So, um, <laughs> So, so the idea is you step out and I literally just go, oh shit, excuse my language, because, uh, I, I don't know what to do with the, the light and the wind and the view lines and, and I'm getting out there. My brain is just going into, into hyperdrive, you know? Yeah. yeah. And they're getting a, they're getting a better version of you at that point. Cause you're 
excited and feeling creative yeah. without having to work yeah. within the restraints. Yeah. Absolutely. I think so. And I think it's like anywhere, you know, you drop me into a cityscape, um, like I did some stuff with the farm in Glasgow, you know, I was, I was in, internally, you know, the classic, <laughs> the duck on the pond, you know, I, I was internally, I was freaking out going, what the heck do I do with this you know, situation? <laughs> you know, but again, if you, some of you sort of, it, 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 it oh, this is no problem at all. How exciting is this? You know, wow, look at what we've got here. You know, then, yeah. then um, it, it's that classic situation. Yeah. In yeah. fact, I remember uh, I was speaking to Lisa and you came over right. and you, you, you had something, uh, sorry, uh, Lisa Devlin for our listeners. Um, you, had, you had something to ask about your, your shoot. And I remember you were quite panicked and I was like, oh, yeah, he, he gets it too. <laughs> like, oh, hell like, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's nice to see that even as professionals, we still get nervous from time to time, but it is, it is so funny. Cause I, you did, you could see your brain like working a hundred miles an hour, like just, <laughs> yeah. And I love that though. I think that's really healthy. Yeah. I feel yeah. like when I go onto a shoot and I'm like dealing with weather and a place I've not been before, I, I go into hyperdrive where I'm like, okay, a thousand points per minute. And I almost forget to communicate with my couple and Greg over here is like, Simon, you need to calm down a little bit. Just, <laughs> just take a breath. You're good. I'm like, yeah, but I want to go here yeah, and yeah. do this. And, you know, it's so yeah. funny. But yeah. People on the outside looking in always, it's the grass is always green on the other side sort of thing. People think having a helicopter must be great. You can go anywhere you want or go to sky and you can turn around and shoot anywhere. But it does make sure. it harder. It's mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Having yeah. unlimited choices makes it harder. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think um, I think the the whole idea of being um, being a bit freaked out. I, I, I actually think it back to almost my, my my snowboard instructing days when you you're just trying to take in all of the information that the student wants, um, and I and I think then you kind of look at the environment and the weather, and then you look at your own skill set in terms of what it is that you can bring and and what experience you've got, and you've you've literally got seconds to 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 put it together um, <laughs> and to vaguely look professional and I kind of put it down. Do you remember those, um, uh, those, those sort of signs of the sort of Neanderthal man and how they progress, you know, the timeline down into a, a, the modern man kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. uh, and I think it's like that your brain kind of goes into this and then you gradually flip the switch into professional mode and you just go, look, we're going to smash this out guys. You know? And I think that's the biggest thing is, um, is to, to look like, you know what you're doing and yeah. to look like you're having a great time and it's going to be the best shot ever. Yeah. Uh, and I think even, even if it doesn't, if it doesn't come out that way in your own thing, they've, they will remember that you felt really strong and, uh, and passionate about it regardless. Yeah. yeah. So how, how are you choosing locations for shoots then? If you say that nowadays when you go on a shoot, you're landing in a new location you've never been to, how do you choose yeah. that? Do you choose it before taking off? Do you choose it when you're in the yeah. air? What are you looking for? Yeah. So so uh, okay, well, let, okay. Let's just talk from a from a, a, a helicopter perspective. Is that when we book the helicopter in? Um, obviously, it comes down to a budget that the, that we've spoken to the, the couple. Um, so we could give them say three different prices for essentially uh, X amount of, of fuel time. That's what it really comes down to: five minutes fuel time, fifteen minutes, twenty five minutes, uh, and so on. Um, and then we don't promise a location, but what I do want to get from them is, okay, let's just imagine that there's a picture on the wall, ideally of you two in it. Um, what is that landscape you're in? Uh, is it next to a lake? Is it in the snow? Is it in the rocks? Um, and so they can paint a bit of an idea, um, 
of what it is and, and, and where it is in my idea. So then my brain is kind of going, okay, so this is what we're after. Uh, and then I'm having a really good chat to the pilot beforehand. And I say, look, what's the weather doing? Where's the wind coming from? Where's the light? What time of the year it is? Because there's certain times, some places, uh, which if you, if you go to in winter, you're going to be in the shade. And of course, nobody likes to be shooting in the shade when it's a warm background, if that makes sense. Um, <laughs> you always ideally want natural sunshine, you know? Um, so we're chatting back and forth, uh, and it could, Honestly, it'd be a time that we're in the air and we suddenly realize there's a big, dirty, great cloud sitting over there and then we will veer away to the side and go somewhere else. Um, I do, or I used to anyway, if I'm going to a place that I've never been to before, I do spend quite a bit of time on Google Earth or, or Google Maps um, oh, yeah. and having a really good look around just to get a bit of an idea. And then I'll even, when I get there, I'll have a little wander around. Um, I don't sit any locations in stone. Um, I've been burnt so many times by saying that's going to be the location when I get there and it's a building site. Um, yeah. You know, uh, uh, so there's a, there's a lot of spur of the moment uh, based purely on what's happening at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and, and it really comes down to what the couple want and um, what you're feeling and what you want to get. Uh, my, my biggest thing, more than anything else, is it has to be authentic to the couple and to the like and to the environment they've got married in. So, mm-hmm. um, in other words, I don't like fake. Uh, I hate parks. Because for me, there's just this fake wilderness. Um, if it's going to be in an urban setting, then let's make it really urban and really real. Um, I was in a, I went to a wedding in Sweden uh, quite a few years back, and, and I remember we were off to do portraits, and we sat in their car, and we drove out like an hour out to this forest. And I'm in Stockholm, you know, the wedding. And, I, and I'm walking around the forest and go, so guys, uh, this, this forest means something to you? And they were like, no, 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 we've never been here before. And I go like, why are we here? And they're like, oh. We came out here because we thought you liked nature. And I'm just like, are you, are you shitting me? Oh, so no. we just a couple of more photos and we jumped in the car and I said, let's get straight back in there. And it, and it was my own fault. Um, it turned out they absolutely, you know, I found this beautiful place where it was like an underpass under this bridge. It was this beautiful, lovely light coming in from the side. Awesome graffiti. And then where we were doing the stuff, they were like, oh, yeah, um, you know, he really loves graffiti. He's, he's into graffiti. He's has been, always has been. I go, why did you tell me this? And it was my own fault for not asking the questions. Um, <laughs> but it was also scary to, to think that they had based their, their photography on, on what they perceived as what I wanted. And I didn't like mm-hmm. that at all. That really, that really worried me. Um, yeah. So yeah, I want it to be real. real. Very much it has to be a real, authentic landscape. And I don't mean landscape as in the white wilderness. It, it can be urban. It can be in a hotel. It, yeah. I don't care. But as long as they have uh, some sort of um, relation to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know what? That's actually really funny because we, we get the same thing. Our work is kind of like it's, uh, Scotland, you know, it's wilderness. It's, you know, films for the enamored and adventurous. But when we've gone for a city when I am very much let's make this city like, like the, um, was it two weeks ago we were shooting near a skate park and I was like, I'm definitely going to take the couple to the skate park. We got some kids involved and they skated around on this half pipe around the couple. And I was like, freaking yes, man, cool. this is so good. It's because the couple lived five minutes from that skate park. Yeah. But they, they apologized. They apologized <laughs> and said, sorry, this isn't wild. And I'm like, fucking kidding me this is great like this is fucking wild like this is great uh, so yeah yeah it's weird when you get those apologetic inquiries for like oh, man. oh i'm sorry this isn't your typical sky wedding that you normally do it's like no we do everything <laughs> yeah absolutely yeah, yeah and especially yeah. coming like out a really of- oh sorry on you go 
No, no, so I get I get very excited when I get into a, in a completely different situation, as I mentioned before. So uh, yeah. there should be no apologies at all. Yeah, it's completely opposite. <laughs> right. So you jump out the helicopter. You've chosen your location from the air. What's your mindset at that point? Um, well, there are three fundamentals. So while the while the chopper's winding down, I, I just straight away have a little Uncle Jim pep talk with a couple, um, and we we do the, the, the three most important things. And, and I have a little yarn to them about safety, uh, just from a point of view that where I'm going to be putting them, or um, even if they're walking on on variable terrain, they could twist their ankles. So I have a little chat about that. Then I have a chat, but probably the next most important thing is just about the experience. I want them to have a good time. I want them to remember this time as a great time, you know, that it was yeah. such a good experience. Um, and then lastly, once all those two things are in place, uh, it, it's about getting photographs. Um, and, and really the photography is, is the least important because if you've got those other two things in place, uh, you're going to nail it, you know? Um, yeah. If they're having a good time and, and, and they're safe, uh, it doesn't matter where you are or what you're doing, um, you're going to get great photographs. Yeah. Uh, I'm just going to do a Q&A reminder uh, to our listeners who are listening live. Thank you very much for joining us. There will be a Q&A section at the end. Um, so definitely ask Jim anything you want. Uh, you can also come and join us on Patreon for some amazing content from us and our community. Um, and if you just want to show your support, there's a there's a tier for you. Um, we'd be much appreciated. Much appreciative if you did join us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash perspective by Cinemate. It's still pretty new. So um yeah, come and join us for all the all the cool content. However, yeah. Oh, so, and yeah, sorry, I've got some notes here. Join us on Patreon to help feed Greg's soon to be baby born baby boy born Wow, I can't, I can't read. <laughs> Can't read today. Greg's having a kid and we gotta feed the kid. So join us on Patreon. Yay! Uh, <laughs> well done, mate. I got there I got there in the end, Jim. I got there in the end. <laughs> With Jack was designed from the ground up and is tailored specifically for creatives. Whether you provide a service like design, development or photography, or offer advice to clients, With Jack is for you. It's focused on creatives. Insurance shouldn't be complicated, so with Jack has made every step easy. You'll deal with one form and talk to one Jack as you sign up, get covered, and move on with your day. With Jack is all about bespoke insurance for creatives. Simple. That doesn't mean more forms or faff, it means less. It's not about endless features and stale service, it's about one solid policy and the personal touch. Bye bye, unnecessary fuss. Hello, creative friendly insurance. Be a confident creative. Anyway, <laughs> so you mentioned early on that your images are referred to by other people as dark and moody. How would how yeah. would you describe your sort of images? Oh, I, I'm without a shadow of a doubt uh, attracted to the dark and the moody. Um, uh, um, I, I think it was a, a, a pretty much an organic thing that I sort of fell into. Uh, it, and I said this before many times is that when I first started out, all I ever saw on in magazines or blogs or whatever else was just the sunny blue sky wedding days. And I wasn't shooting in that. I was shooting in crappy, blowy <laughs> mountains or dark forests. Um, so I really had to make the most of what I had around me. Um, I didn't set out 
to for it to happen. Um, I, I think there is definitely an aesthetic that I'm drawn to. I, I think, and I've you know, trying to put this into a, into into words that people understand. Um, I, I think there's a tendency for everything to be too pretty. I think there's enough pretty within the couple. I think the couple bring uh, all the beauty in terms of, of the makeup and what they're wearing and their emotions. Uh, and I and I kind of almost like the background to be a bit of a contrast to that, if anything, uh, whether it's the lighting or, or the setting. Uh, I quite like a bit of gritty. Um, I think it's a little bit like, you know, hanging a, a, a Monet, uh, beautiful flowery water lilies or whatever, uh, and hanging that on a, on a, a flowery wallpapery wall as opposed to, as opposed to a, a white wall. So, um, I do like that contrast. Um, mm-hmm. I think my, my normal photography, I mean, we're talking hero shots here. This is, this is probably what we're, what a lot of us are talking about right now is the hero shots as opposed to, um, the bulk of what I take at weddings. Um, and that's why I've sent you a, um, you wanted some photos from me. I've actually sent you one of my favorite weddings, uh, from a wedding in Minnesota. Um, and I can promise you right now, there were no hero shots there because it was flat as a pancake for, for literally hundreds of miles all around. Um, but, but it was the people. Uh, so that for me is what I do, but it's the hero stuff that I tend to show a lot of. And I guess that's what I've been renowned for. Yeah. Yeah. Man, hero shots from the Swiss army knife of wedding photographers. <laughs> Woofed. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> well, talk, talking about your moody images, right? Because I yeah. I looked at your <clears throat> I look at your work. I've been looking at your work for many years now, but I personally wouldn't describe it as dark. I mean, right? I, I mean, it's certainly not. This is obviously my p- point of view, right? It's it's um it's certainly not a light in area. That is for sure. But knowing what it's like to shoot in somewhere like uh, Scotland, where I'm assuming, you know, up in mm. the hills, it can be quite wild where you are. Um, sure. and, you, and you're dealing with that, you know, crap weather and you're trying to make it kind of, well, you're just trying to document that with the couple in mind. I feel like there is an approach that you have to take when you're shooting in these kind of scenarios. And it does come off quite contrasty, but... I feel like it's just the method of having to capture what it's like on the day, you know, because take rain, for example, right? So when, I, when I'm shooting in the hills, I like we shoot dark as well. I shoot dark so that I can see the rain, you know, because if you're light in area, yeah. you don't see the raindrops because you can only see raindrops because of the contrast. So sure. you'd be you'd be shooting in your landscape and your couple would be wet, but you know if you were to shoot light and area, light and airy, you you wouldn't see why they would, they would be wet. Am I am I on the right track with that type of thinking? Or uh, no, you're right, I- absolutely. Uh, um, I, 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 yeah, it's an interesting one. Um, I do tend to shoot or expose for the the highlights, um, and I think that's something that I picked up. Um, you know, do you know Ollie Sansom in um, in Melbourne? Yep. Um, so uh, I think Ollie and I were were chatting many, many, many years ago, and we were just chatting about you know what we expose for, and he always says he exposed for the highlights um, because the shadows don't necessarily mean anything. Um, we're always drawn to the light as opposed to the darkness. Um, so I've always been that way. I've always 
underexposed um, and particularly because as you mentioned the the, the clouds and, and everything else around um, is important and I hate overexposed skies uh, it's, it's a big bugbear of mine um, but it is what it is the other thing about though is um, sometimes I will shoot uh, I will expose for skin tones as well and uh and then I, I think the real magic, and this is where things have changed a little bit, but I think the magic does happen back on the computer, and that gives you the opportunity to to put all your emotions uh, that you felt at that moment into the image. Um, mm. So there is there's a fair amount of work that goes in there, um, you know, with, with, with brushwork and such forth. Uh, yeah, I, I, yeah, and I think we're very we're very privileged to be able to do that. Um, uh-huh. You know, because it, it is hard capturing uh, at that time, bang on. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, th- I find myself drawn to the to the darkness, and, and I think again, it just comes down to that. Um, I, I have something, there's something about I don't know the couple against the world. You know, them against the wilderness. Yeah. I don't know. It's a, yeah. It's, it's a bit. It's a bit bleak, isn't it? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 I suppose. I suppose yeah. in ter- in terms of wedding photography, it is quite dark. But coming from a from a cinematographer's point of view, that's just film for me. Yeah, you know. So un- unless it's something like I'm tr- uh, like a Zack Snyder type film where it's super sure. dark. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I don't, th- yeah. I don't think I don't think I shoot. I don't think I, I don't think I shoot really dark. There's a lot of photographers out there, and and it's been very interesting printing a lot of photographers' work in terms yeah. of the, the the lightness and the darkness. Um, so. I think I'm, I'm happy to say, put my hand up. I think it, it, it's, it's dark where it matters, but light where it also matters. Does that make yeah. sense? Um, so it really comes down to the, the type of photo you're taking, you know, ceremony photos or family portraits or getting ready. They don't need to be necessarily dark. Um, <laughs> it, it just comes down to wants and needs at the time. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. But, but I think it's one of the most important things for, for me, you know, when I'm, I'm up there on the mountain or wherever else is, is just making sure, again, as I talk about being authentic to the couples, I, I, I hope more than anything else that when they are looking at their photos that they see themselves um, and they can relate to that couple on that image as opposed to just looking like a random couple. Does that make sense? Um, yeah, totally. so, so I think it's really important that they, they can have that relationship with that image. Yeah. Stay, staying on the sort of technical side of things, though, has yeah. your journey into printing imagery, has that changed the way you technically shoot or edit an image? Uh, that's a great question. Um, uh, I Do you know what I think one of the biggest things for me that, that has been really useful was was having been a judge for so many competitions um, and and there's lots of little sort of things in there that I've, I've picked up over the years that are really important in a print um, and more noticeable in a print than you than you ever before in a, in a, in a image that you see on a screen um, am I am I am I doing anything different for printing um, yeah I mean there's a lot of things that you can do that just look terrible. On a, on a print and particularly a large print because you it's amazing when you actually the stuff that you see on a large print is something that you just don't even pick up on the screen doesn't matter if you're you know on a 27 inch or, or bigger um yeah so I, I i would like to say yes 
I don't know if I could put my finger on what that is, though. Maybe overly sharpening, perhaps, um, mm. blowing certain things out. But but the other thing as well, it really depends on the on the on the the paper that you're printing out on, and I think that's really important based on the image as well. Um, whether it's a semi gloss or a textured cotton rag uh, or just a flat matte paper. Um, so I think it's really important you're choosing the right medium for that image as well. All right. Yeah. yeah. So does that make so sense? Printing, yeah. 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 So printing does have an effect on how you're shooting, but it's subconscious. You don't know what you're actually. You're not consciously changing the anything you're doing. Yeah. No, I don't think so. I don't. I don't think so. But again, I haven't consciously done anything with photography for the last twelve years. <laughs> I, I mean, that's. that's just it. I think it's just a muscle memory. Do you know what I mean? That you yeah. you get into a, a bit of a. Um, you know, and I remember just being terrified doing my first workshop and just going, how the devil do I teach people how to, how I shoot? Because it's yeah. so hard to break it down, you know? Yeah. Well, what is, what is your approach then? What is your approach to a wedding day? Not, not just the, the, the couple shoot on the mountain, like the wedding as a whole. Well, I mean, I, I want to go into a wedding knowing as much as I can about anything that's really important to the couple. Um, and also the the day i think we we uh as experienced photographers wedding photographers we we see so many facets from a wedding day with the suppliers and and how certain things unfold so f- really from the first moment we we like to be involved as much as possible into the schedule uh even in the locations um we like to have an input potentially without sounding too extreme you know where they're getting ready and uh, I'm, I'm generally one of the worst people to have at the rehearsal if i go down to a rehearsal i do tend to change things up because <laughs> we do see it differently we see the way uh-huh. the light's going to play or or how or how just complicated people make it i mean it's the most extraordinary thing um so we do like to be involved we do like to say to people that we are your wedding professionals it doesn't even matter if you've got a, a coordinator or a wedding planner um we will be more involved and have probably got more experience uh, than even them. Uh, so please yeah. ask us any questions. Um, we send them out survival guides. Uh, we like to have as many meetings as we can, uh, whether they're on online or, or over a beer. Um, and I think that's really important that, that we do that. And more than anything else, it's not so much like get the best photography possible uh, or, or I get to be the busybody and, and tell them how to do the day. It's just because I want them to have a really, really good experience. I want them to look yeah. back and when they're looking for the photos and go, man, such a blast as opposed to oh, we've got to go here we're running out of time on this or we've got to be dragged off for that or oh actually yeah. these photos look terrible because we're with the 20 of us crammed in a motel room you know yeah. um nothing so yeah, yeah no there isn't so as much input as possible um and and then on the day uh i really don't care what happens it, i'm i'm super well potentially super relaxed um i now this is I'm gonna, I'm gonna let you the secret uh, of the last few years, definitely pre-COVID. Um, I was actually having quite a lot of insomnia before weddings, which is something that's really interesting. Uh, hmm. So um, there was obviously quite a bit of anxiety that was that was building up, um, uh, and I don't know why. <laughs> so I became really good at, at shooting weddings on about two hours of sleep, and I feel that if I could do it on two hours of sleep, and I can still nail it. That, that's given me quite a bit of confidence. Uh, that has changed, yeah. thank goodness. Um, so, I, I, yeah, you know, I've found that to be a quite interesting uh, from an outside perspective. Um, on the day, though, as I mentioned, I'm super relaxed. Uh, nothing's too much of a problem. 
Uh, definitely there's a, a, an Uncle Jim that comes out and just makes sure that everyone's got water or they have something to eat or they've been to the toilet before they put their dress on. Um, we, I definitely keep an eye on the time. Uh, but most importantly, again, I just want them to have a really, really good experience. And if I do see that there's a, and they say they're getting ready and, and mum's a little bit overly excited or there's a, a bridesmaid that's having a bit of a tizzy, I'll just send them all out of the room and, and uh, turn around to the, to them and say, look, I need to get a few private portraits with the, the bride and give her a glass of champagne and I'll sit quietly in the corner and play Angry Birds uh, just to give some time <laughs> out. Um, nice. uh, yeah, absolutely. I, I'm, I'm big enough now uh, and ugly enough to, to, to tell people to go away um, yeah. and tell them how it is. Uh, but the ceremony, I have no control over whatsoever, so I just deal with that. Um, the, the Group photos, I don't really get involved in that. I just tell the, everyone else to organize it for me. I just want to be like a this triangle of power between the couple and myself. I don't want to wander off trying to find Aunt Maud. Um, yeah. I do always suggest that the couple do go away for some portraits. Again, we're not going off to do photos. We're just going away to have some time out. Um, yeah. I think that's hugely important for the couple just to have some time out on the day. Uh, mm. And... Yeah, uh, that's it. So how do I shoot? I, honestly, it's just about reacting to, to what I see unfold around me. The classic line. Yeah. It is funny because that's what we tell our couples. You know, like, oh, you know, we, we do have a couple shoot, um, but it is just a chance to be with your partner because yeah. this part of the day will be one of the only parts that you actually get a chance to to have that moment of, of kind of like no one asking you questions or, or needing you for anything or it's quite bizarre when you do tell your couples that because they're like, oh, yeah, that actually sounds great, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's cool. huge. So um, for our newer people to the industry, what kind of stuff do you like to ask couples before you shoot? Uh, as in uh, on the day or leading up to it? or Well, you said you, you like to have as much information as you can. Is that just times, is that like uh, locations and dates or is that like, oh, um, my partner can say words backwards, which is, I, I know, I know. <laughs> okay, that, so I, know. No, I, I don't ask those questions like, what is your favorite pet and, and what's your favorite drink and all that kind of stuff. I think I find that, uh, I find that quite interesting when people do that yeah. and good on them. And I, and I, and I think a lot of couples will, will relate to that and, and enjoy that. Mm. Uh, yeah. no, I don't ask them that. Um, I, I think the only question we particularly ask on our on our um, little form they have to fill out on our website is, you know, what do you like about our, our wedding photography or what do you like mm-hmm. about our photography? Um, and I think it's always a bit telling when, when someone leaves that blank. Um, but, you know, whatever. Uh, we don't really ask a lot of questions. I think if we're having a bit of a meeting with them before they've gone to contract, we might ask them a few things about what's important to them and what do they, what do they really want. Um, yeah. But... I don't, I don't really want to know, but you know, saying that they're like, you know, we met up with a couple last week that we've issued their wedding in a month or so. Um, and we went and had a, a couple of beers with them. Uh, and we just chatted about life and had, had and enjoyed it. Obviously we talked about their wedding day. Um, mm-hmm. what we do send out to the couple, um, with the final invoice, which is about four weeks before, um, the date is a questionnaire. And that has all the normal kind of, you know, contact details, where they're getting ready, where the ceremony is, how are they being transported around, this and that. Um, 
But uh, what is important to you, you know, on the wedding day? Is there any important things that we need to know about, i.e. grandmother's brooch in the in the bouquet or um, have there some special cufflinks or uh, is there a particular person that you really want to make sure you get photos of, like granny who's on her, you know, deathbed or something, or you haven't seen your sister for six years or do you know what I mean? Things like that. That's just important yeah. stuff. Um uh, so we give them opportunity to, to tell us that. And I think that's really important that you have a questionnaire. It's also quite nice for them to be able to put all their thoughts about their wedding day into one place. They find that quite useful. Um, we found, yeah. um, so that's good feedback. Uh, it, it is a bit of a hassle for them to fill out, but again, you know, well, pfft, tough. Um, and then I'll have that with me when I meet up with them before the day, just to have a wee chat about it. Um, but other than that, again, you know, I don't really want to know too much. I, I get my brain explodes, you know, and particularly if I, there's some people that are shooting 50 or 60 weddings a year. Well, I'm not, don't get me wrong. Um, I don't know how you'd even keep up with every every couple and knowing about their wants and needs. Um, oh, yeah. So, you know what I mean? So I don't, <laughs> I let Vicky kind of do most of the emails back and forth unless it's something a bit quirky. Um and then I'll meet up with them and I will literally just go over their questionnaire with them there and then, or I'll scan it beforehand and go, yeah, guys, I don't think that's a good idea. Or have you really thought about not you know, doing this or doing that? So and I'm really happy to rearrange your entire day. Uh, I, I, I'm, I, if it, if it means that they're going to get a better day's experience, I will tell them very, very clearly. I think that's a dumb idea. Yeah. And yeah. that, that comes with confidence over the years of doing it usually. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's important because just like if they go to an architect or they go to a, a lawyer, uh, you know, I, I think you're in, you're entitled to give you give them your professional opinion. Don't be a dick about it, you know what I mean. But just, <laughs> I think you're I think you're entitled to 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 help them, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's about sort of guiding them through it. So looking Absolutely. at your images, the couple almost always look super relaxed, and that's been a theme throughout what you've been saying tonight. Is that you, you like to make them feel relaxed. You like to sort of help out here and there. Has that sort of, the Uncle Jim that you mentioned, has, has that always been a natural thing for you? Or have you had to work on being sort of like aware nice. and compassionate about those sort of things? Uh, I, I think I'm, I'm pretty lucky. Uh, I'm one of those people that's, um, I didn't realize this until late that I am, uh, uh, an extroverted introvert. So professionally, um, I'm, I'm very much Mr. Bubbles and, and Mr. Happy, happy. Uh, whereas it, it absolutely exhausts me, um, to do that. And I'm freaking out within. Um, and then I kind of go back. Um, and if I'm hanging out with my close friends and hanging out with my family, I'm probably much more extroverted I suppose but um so it is something I had to work on it's something that I've had to learn to be that uh, that professional switch to, to become Mr. Happy Mr. Bubbly doesn't matter if you're hungover and I think it comes from from the service industry being a gosh I don't like being a waiter when you're 14 years old or working behind the bar or snowboard instructing or whatever else you just learn to do that you have to it's your job um mm-hmm. Look, go, going back to how do I work with the couples? Look, sometimes I'm 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 literally not meeting the couple until the moment before I'm I'm we're about to jump in the helicopter. So there could be a, it could be an, a, an engagement shoot or an elopement or something. So I'm meeting them in the car park. I'm shaking hands, and I've got minutes to become their best friend. <laughs> uh, and it has to be real, you know. You've, you've, I, and I'm also pretty rotten. I will I will take the piss out of people 
pretty badly from the moment. If I if I turn up to a shoot and one of them's wearing like a, a Singapore Airlines uniform, I'm I'm just like, what are you thinking? You know, or they're wearing a tuxedo or something. I'm just like, who are you? What is this? You know what I mean? So um, it's just it's just how I write, and I, and I don't really care to be honest, as long as I'm not being rude. You know what I mean? And I think it's the ability to do that. Um, but, all right, so let's just go back. So. Um, uh, let's say I'm on a mountain, I'm with a couple. Um, I think the whole thing I hear all the time is I, I hear people saying, I want you guys to be natural. Um, if you get two people on a mountain or on a forest, on a beach, you're in an alleyway in a city and tell them to be natural, it's the most awkward thing ever. Um, I don't even know what that means because it's not natural to be on a mountain wearing a wedding dress, having a photo taken. It's bonkers. Yeah. So, so um, I will guide them. I will set them up for the uh, environment that they're in. I will get our position for the best light, uh, maybe for their potentially their body shapes or for um, the background, you know. Um, and and then I make it very clear. I want you guys to make this your own. You guys know each other way better than I do. You know what feels right. It's like wearing. It's like wearing your favorite jacket, hat, sitting on the sofa. You know what feels right. Um, and they do. I tell them to relax into it and and in the moment. Now, that moment is a really funny word that we tend to throw around a lot. Um, <laughs> and, and I do hear that. You know, it's all about connection and in the moment and, and whatnot. Um, so there is something that I really like to do, and I do let them, I like them to just to, to shut up. Uh, and once I stop talking, I want them to literally feel the wind, the sunshine. I want them to hear the birds or listen to the, the waterfall. Um, because, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a well-known thing that if you look at something, it will take you back to that time. If you smell a certain smell or you hear a certain song, it's going to take you back to a certain moment. And that's what I really try and encourage with the couples is that they do just – take some time out and, and just absorb all of it through the, 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 the feeling on their skin or the, the, the noise, um, whatever. Do you know what I mean? And I'm hoping that when they do look at that photo, it helps them take them back to that time. Totally. And it helps relax. Yeah. Yeah. It was obviously Greg wasn't in sky with me, but, and I'm only speaking about sky because I literally just got back and I remember very specifically saying that the couple, were really awkward and they didn't like having their photographs taken. You know, th this is before we did the shoot. But on the day, it just felt like nothing but good vibes that we'd awesome. almost been like best friends forever. And I was, you know, it got me thinking like, okay, this is the second wedding uh, that we'd shot after the pandemic. And, um, you know, it is absolutely people first and images after. Yeah, like, because just like you said, they're going to be remembering all of our conversations that we had about absolute randomness. You know, like we, we got them to to climb up a very very steep hill, and <laughs> uh, you know they had walkie talkies, and we had and 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 we had walkie talkies, and we were having good conversations, and they will they will remember very specific things that were said during that time on the hill that will be relating to those very specific shots. And it's just kind of nice that you're able to have that much of an effect on someone's day. It's, kind of, it's quite yeah. powerful. Yeah. It's, it's huge. Quite powerful. Yeah. It's yeah. It's really huge. Yeah. Do you, do you interact with your couples at all? Like, so in, in Scotland, maybe in the UK, we're, we're, we're quite reserved. 
Well, so, mm. not everyone's reserved. There is a culture of kind of men don't like to show their emotions and, you know, hide their tears and that sort of um, stuff. It can be quite hard for um, people over here to to be confident enough to to say their emotions. Do you do anything with the couple to get them to feel a bit better? Or, like, I know some photographers, they, they play games to try and get a certain kind type of reaction that they can capture or do, or like for us, it's very much like embracing the, the kind of weird moments of like having a I, camera crew around you and just. Yeah. Like I know where you're going with this and, and there, there were these, um, and I don't, I don't know if it's still a thing, but there was a thing that was sort of going around about trying to provoke emotions. Um, <laughs> uh-huh. And, and I've heard the most shocking things people have said to, to couples. Um, imagine this is your last kiss you're ever going to have, or imagine that you, Jesus. you know, it's the last day. Uh, imagine you, you, one of you has been told that they've got cancer or something like that. And, you know, all this shit, uh, basically because they want that, that they want that maximum impact of, of them looking, you know, tears rolling down there or just looking super emotive. Um, even the sort of, I want you to play a game and, and fake laugh and stuff like that. Uh, I, again, you know, I'm trying to be as authentic to them and the time if they're staunch, you know, and we've got our fair share of staunch people here in New Zealand. Uh, you know, the old Southland, uh, dairy farmer, you know, that's what he is. That's what he is. Um, uh-huh. and, and, you know, if, if it takes a couple of beers, he's maybe to relax him up, then great. But I think the big difference between, a, a, um, uh, an engagement shoot and a wedding day is engagement shoots are quite weird for the, by their, their very nature, because it's just a, a random time. You can go off to a shoot. Whereas a wedding day, there's so many more real emotions that are flying around. Um, you know, they've literally just got married. Uh, they, they are, you know, husband and wife, they're doing something really interesting and really exciting. They may be a couple of glasses of bubbly or beersies in their bellies. Um, so I think it's a lot more real, but again, I don't, I don't need to provoke anything. I think, I think they will do that for you. Yeah. I don't mind having a laugh of them and, and then I will capture that. Uh, but I'm not intentionally trying to make them laugh, but I'm just having a laugh and I'm just giving them some grief. Um, you know, they, they could be that the veils just doing the most stupid thing ever and wrapped around them and stuff. And I'm having a good old chortle about it because I think it's hilarious. Um, <laughs> yeah. and, and they'll pick up on that and they'll laugh as well. But I'm not intentionally trying to make make a joke or intentionally play a game with them. And I've got, yeah. I think that's brilliant. If a photographer can get away with it and they're really happy with that authentic thing, then fantastic. But again, as I keep stressing, I want them to look back and just go, Oh, that's when we were just having a genuine good laugh as opposed to that's when I was crying because I was told that my dad was going about to have cancer or something. Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah. Please don't do, say, do you know what I mean? listeners yeah. out there. Please, please don't say anything like that to your couple. <laughs> no, God, no, but there are at least, I think you, these prompt cards, I, I can't remember who it was, and I don't want to mention any names, but I remember there were these prompt cards that you could get uh, to evoke certain emotions. I'm just like, far out, you know? <laughs> yeah. As Simon said, I wasn't there on the shoot earlier this week, but I know that from working with Andrew the photographer before and how we work with him and how most of our couples are when we are sort of together, it would just have been constants of banter flown about. And cool. the couple would have been having a great time laughing away. But the thing yeah. is, we're not, us and Andrew are both not known for big over-the-top laughter photos. But I know it would yeah. have right. been a day like that for them. 
Yeah. Which, yeah. In fact, in reality, our, our work is quite dark and it, and it uh, obviously, like, to make a good film, you, you ride the emotions. So, you know, one minute you're... It's not like a... Tra- I don't want to say a traditional wedding film. A lot of editors out there just make a wedding day happy all the time. And I find that yeah, totally... Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's not a bore... That, that is a boring film. I just... I don't understand. And a wedding film is... Like, I don't see a film and a wedding film as different to me. So, yeah. you know, um, and like you said, there, there there are loads of emotions throughout the day. I just piggyback on them. Like, yeah. if if there's a sad moment, I'm going to go with it. Absolutely. It's, it's you know, all these all these emotions are, are important for a wedding day, you know? Yeah, 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 definitely. Yeah, very good. that's a pretty good note to wrap it up to wrap on. up, yeah. yeah. Jim, thank you so much for joining us. Pleasure. Um, where where can people find you online? Uh, the probably most active place is on Instagram. Uh, Jim Pollard goes click. Uh, I'm I'm not on there a huge amount these days, um, but that's that's probably where we're most most active. Um, we'll try I try and stay clear of, of Facebook, but uh, yeah, that's probably where I where, where I'm at. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and and pimp your uh, your printing business. Yeah, well, we're we're Trig Point Print and Frame. Is it Print and Frame or Frame and Print? One of those, uh, and that's also on on Instagram. Uh, trig dot point. Excellent. I encourage our listeners to go over there, give a follow, give a like, whatever yeah, it is. Yeah, great. Yeah, and, um, yeah. Why not get some stuff printed? Whoop whoop. <laughs> whoop, whoop. <laughs> People can find us at cinematefilms.co.uk on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, um, forward slash cinemate films we hope you have loved this episode and if you did you can join us on Patreon like I've mentioned so many times uh, at patreon.com forward slash perspective by cinemate for as little as a pound you can support the podcast and we're also for the price of a coffee every month you can get access to the clubhouse Q&A's the roundtable discussions and even more bonus content that won't be available anywhere else if you don't have any money to give, that's okay. You can still hit that subscribe button and get the usual podcast for free. Maybe just consider leaving a review and we'll give you a shout out. However, in the meantime, enjoy your life.